You're listening and possibly watching to the best barbecue show. I'm here with Daniel Brown, owner of Brown's Barbecue on South Lamar in Austin. How's it going? It's good. Everything's good. You had a long morning out on your land or been working uh, here? No, I've been here since about, what time? Uh, I got 3.50 this morning. 3.50? Yes, sir. Nice. Early hours. Yeah. What were you putting on then? Um, ribs. What did I put on? Uh, pork ribs, turkey, chicken, sausage, and uh, beef ribs. And so are you usually the first one here in the morning, or you got an overnight crew? Uh, first one here, last one to leave. Nice. Every day? Every day. Seven days a week, or I think you take Mondays off, right? Uh, we're off Monday, Tuesday. I come in Wednesday, start cooking Wednesday, and cooking Wednesday through Sunday. And you're cutting wood every Monday and Tuesday, right? I cut wood on Monday, and we split on Tuesday. That's awesome. Yeah. And most of the wood comes from your land? Yeah, yeah. I cut it, my wife splits it, and yeah, I give her the good job. And, it's, and your daughter's working in the, the stands, yeah, daughter, that's a whole family affair. It is, yes sir. Uh, what's it like, kind of, keeping it in the family? It's nice. Yeah, yeah. Real nice. You, uh, you guys, you think you get along better? You think it's easier? We, we go to a lot of family places. I go to Snow's every weekend, so it's interesting to see the, the family places and then the, you know, where everyone's yeah, kind of strangers. Yeah. Yeah, we, we fight a lot. <laughs> it's good to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody has their own thing. And with family, it just seems that uh, it's easier to say what you want to say. And I'm just a dad, not the boss. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get uh, overruled a lot? or? No, I always win. <laughs> <laughs> so you're kind of the boss. <laughs> so you've been cooking barbecue for how long in Austin? Um, 2000 and eight is when I started. So over 10 years now. Oh, uh, yes, sir. And did y'all start here in at Corner Bar? Or? Uh, we started uh, the Corner Bar Springs and Lamar for ACL. That was I, your first cook right there? Uh, well, I was cooking. We were cooking at my mom's and then we were bringing the meat over there for just doing a little pop up for ACL, just the customers walking by. Nice. And how did that transition to, you know, the, one of the more popular South Lamar barbecue spots? Uh, code enforcement got pretty strict on us and kind of pushed us out. And the year that we didn't do it, we had, there was a guy from Belgium and we were hanging out inside of Barn Spring Saloon. And he came in and said, hey, where's the barbecue guy at? <laughs> and they were like, which one? The one behind us talking about Green Mesquite. Yeah. And he was like, no, the one in the parking lot. And I was like, man, they won't let me do it anymore. And he was, what? And that's how I got started. I knew that I had something then. One Belgian guy. Yes, sir. That's all it took. Yeah. <laughs> and so did you start off, uh, I mean, you, you're unique in the fact that you, you get all your own wood, you built your pits, you built your trailers, everything from scratch, right? Yes, sir. And so did you start with this trailer that we see out here, or was there another... Um, that is the trailer, yeah. That's that the original? Was, yeah, that's the original trailer. And your dad helped you with that? 
Uncle. Uncle? Yeah. Big family. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so did you end up coming here next? Were you doing catering? or? We started at the Genie Car Wash uh, parking lot. Um, we started over there in 2011. and 2012, we moved up here. And when you moved here in 2012, Corner Bar was already here? Corner Bar was here. We were only coming up on Sundays and doing the free barbecue that we do every Sunday. If you spend $10 at the bar, you get a free plate. So we've been doing that since 2012. And one day we just had a conversation with the owner, and he was, man, just move here permanent. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so that's pretty popular, the, the $10 bar tab and free barbecue? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. It starts at 3, and we're normally done with all the tickets. We only do 75 plates, and we're done by 5. Really? So just yeah. two hours yeah. hanging through it? Yeah, and normally we're, the tickets are gone by 6. People pretty people come at like five oh one and they're pretty pissed. Uh, all the time, disappointed. <laughs> well, so you know you're uh, you you've been on the Food Network now, right? You said they're they're coming by. Um, they are coming by for some competition cook. I don't really know all the details on it. They kind of I guess keep you in the dark on it. So yeah, they don't want to give away too many secrets. Yeah, yeah. So how'd you connect with them? They just found me. Nice. And, you know, you're you're known in Austin because you're an old school barbecuer. You said you learned from your father? Yeah, I learned from my, I guess it was from the grandpa. My grandfather just kind of passed down to through the whole family. Uh, My grandfather is from Austin. Actually, I'm seven year, um, um, seven generation Austinite. So um, my dad is from Lockhart, which was crazy because my grandpa's from Austin and then he's a cook and then my dad my mom married my dad from Lockhart, which is a cook, so that's how it all got started. And he cooked in Lockhart too? Uh he worked for Black's Barbecue, the old the older Black's Barbecue and he worked for um Chisholm Trail. Yeah. Have you been back to those places at all recently? Uh not Black's but Chisholm Trail, yeah, yeah. You still got family or friends over there? Uh, a lot of family in Lockhart on my dad's side. So it's kind of a party when you show up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you you know how to have a good time. So if you're going to Lockhart, it's probably for a reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of fun over there. Yeah, we do um, kind of, you know, we do backyard bull riding and and. They ride horses and rope, and they do roping competitions and stuff like that. Just for fun? Just for fun, yeah. And the, does anyone ever... I know you, you said your son uh, rates bulls, right? No, cousin. Oh, My cousin, cousin he is... Uh, he worked... Well, no, he doesn't work. He went to school in Lockhart and joined uh, Caldwell County Livestock Judging, and they actually went to Belgium. I mean, I, I was going to say Belgium. They went to... Um, what was it at? Switzerland? Uh, Scotland. 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 They went to Scotland and actually competed for the United States. So. And how'd they do? We played second. In the world, basically. In the world, yes. For just rating cows. Yes, sir. And do you have a sense of what that... Are they looking at the coat? They're looking at the horns? Are they looking at just everything overall? 
Ah, yeah, that's his department. <laughs> I mean, are they are they cutting them up first, or are they raining? No, them? no, no. They, this is on the hoof. On the hoof. Yeah, yeah. And you said your son's getting into Texas A and M now too, right? Uh, no, my the same little. Oh, that's the same one. Yeah, same cousin. Yeah, my son is actually, um, he's opening up some landscaping thing now. Oh, so, right. Your yeah, son's the landscaper. Yeah. My yeah. my little the my little youngster is which is Brody. He's four and he's doing the mutton busting right now. That's his thing, and we just got him a little a little goat so he can play around with. So we're gonna nice. try to get him into the livestock judging and messing with the animals as well. Yeah, well, we had a, a long conversation over barbecue, so I got a few things crossed. But uh, <laughs> I, I love all the different things that you're doing. You know, you showed me your. You said he's four. He's four. Yes. Yeah, your son just helping out with the slaughter of some goats and you know doing some real farm work mm, you don't mm-hmm. you don't see that a lot you know seeing from hoof to smoker yeah a lot of these yeah, things yeah yeah he's he's getting he's getting some good education I'm, I'm thinking about homeschooling him i think that school would probably get in the way of his education <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a mark twain quote right i never let school get in the way of my education i don't know <laughs> i'm pretty sure my dad has that poster my dad's a big mark mark twain fan oh, okay that's good that, that that's just some some good old knowledge right there so you've got this whole family that's in different levels of barbecue uh you got your daughter out there serving the barbecue cutting it up uh do you have a favorite thing do you have you know like when you come here what 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 do you put on your platter uh what i do is i just i'll just make a sampler and just try everything which i had actually i had that yesterday i just tried everything to make sure everything was up to par and I was satisfied. Nice. Yeah. And you make these, uh, you call them gooseys, right? These, they're almost like the finger ribs, but with a little more meat on yeah, them? Yeah, the, the beef. Yeah. And where did you discover those? You just found them from the butcher? Um, well, I order all my, my, you know, my meat from Express Meat Service, and I just wanted to try a different beef rib, and they had that one, and, and we've never stopped. That's, that was about six years ago. So we've been doing those for about six. And it's pretty accessible because they're... It's not like a, a, a normal beef rib where they have to commit to a pound or pound and a half at least, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can just get a couple of those. And, and, and also what we do is we, we cut out the center bone. So you, you get every other bone is, is taken out. So Yeah, that's like Louis Miller. They take the three bone and they take out the middle bone. So they just have two giant beef ribs. And that's, that's the way you do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you learned for barbecuing from your father? Yes, sir. And uh, how did that start? Were you interested or you just kind of made you help him? Uh, just watching him in the backyard, just cooking. And, and, you know, he'd always do like small caterings for friends and stuff like that. And I'd go and help him, you know, help him with the wood, split the wood. You know, we he didn't have a hydraulic splitter, so yeah. he needed a muscle and I was the muscle. So started at the bottom, just watching him. <laughs> but you're still cutting wood. I am. And I enjoy it. Yeah. 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 Good workout. It's a good workout, and it's a, you know, I read a lot of, like, these modern vloggers and podcast guys, and they talk about how the uh, one of the best natural testosterone boosts is actually cutting down trees. Okay. So <laughs> you, got, you, you got a leg up on everybody because yeah, yeah, you got yeah. enough trees to probably keep you going forever. I do. I do. And, you know, I really, it, it's, I like touching all of it. I'm, you know, I cut from cutting the wood all the way to putting the brisket in the warmer to be served. You know, that's me. And I like my daughter. She likes to step in there. She likes the attention, being in the window and people. And, and, and there's nothing like 
seeing a woman with a big knife in her hand, you know, guys just go crazy over that. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think? It, what do you think it is about just having a touch on everything that that you enjoy? I think it, you know, because I love everything I do. It's just putting love in it, and just you know, and it just transfers into, you know, the final outcome. And do you find you you see the little things that change a cook, or are you seeing the all the little pieces you have to change to make sure everything comes out right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know everything, the weather, um, the you know the tree. One one tree could be greener than the other, or I mean everything plays a part in it. If it's foggy one day, the smoke doesn't you know it doesn't exit as fast. So you got to put less wood, bring your heat up higher. You know a lot of different things. So. Do you uh, do you check the weather? Or you just kind of go from what what's happening when you show up. When I show up, yeah. And you, you're saying so the fogginess. There's like a density kind of yes. fighting the smokestack. Yeah, yeah. And do you season your wood out on the land or? Yeah, I leave it. It's all air air dried. You know, I leave them up for about a year and a half before I cut them down, and they're perfect. If I can hit it with a splitter with the with the axe splitter and it just pops, then. That's kind of a rule of thumb that it's ready. So you're looking for that kind of dry crack every time yeah, you run the splitter. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And do you do you ever give wood to other people? Do you ever share kind of what you're doing, or it's all nah, your own supply? I mean, we just use it just for here. I never had anybody really ask me if they wanted any. I just, you know. Because good wood's hard to find. It is, yeah. Even some of the guys that deliver regularly in Austin, every once in a while I, I hear complaints about some green wood or some inconsistency. So it's nice to have you know, your own control. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now you're raising cattle out there, too, a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've got um, right at about 100 head right now. What kind of cattle? Beef master. Beef master. Sounds mm-hmm. like the right one for, for barbecue. <laughs> well, what's nice about them is they're a low-maintenance cow. They, um, um, the calves are always really small, so they don't need assistance when when giving bird so when you're not on the ranch all the time watching them it's just kind of you know gives you a, a a sense of um of comfort to know that you know she's not gonna have any issues having a calf and we've been doing it for um pretty much all my life but with my set of cows i haven't lost a calf yet you nice. know so knock on wood <laughs> and so so you might just come out there and there's calves walking around Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. But we pretty much got them all on a cycle. We know exactly um, within two to three weeks when they're going to calf. So nice. Yeah. So you kind of you know when to watch them and yeah. My wife has. She's in in control of the calving department. So do you uh, you take like a little dirt bike around, or you just drive your truck around the land? Um, I like to walk. Really? Yeah. I like to do the walk. Sometimes we take the four wheeler, but mostly walk. And that's that's a lot of land to walk, isn't it? Yes, sir. Some, yeah. Long walks, cutting down your own trees. Like yeah. you, you must love hard work. <laughs> well, it, it's it's um, it's more therapeutic than anything. You know, just getting away from over here. You know, when I hit the dirt road and I take that seatbelt off, everything, all the weight of the world just just falls off my back, and I just become a new man and and just kind of one with with you know my own thing. Your land, your road, everything. Yes, sir. Uh, have you always, is that family land or is that land you've acquired yourself? Um, well, we were, you know, we were buying our wood. We were going through a court of, 
you know, a quarter a week. So you're looking at three fifty a week. You add that up, that's four. That's a mortgage, fourteen hundred dollars a month. That's yeah. a mortgage. So we went and got a loan and and bought a nice piece of land. And now what we were spending on wood and our storage is we're actually making four hundred dollars a month. And so, have you looked at the land? I mean, is there there's more than enough trees there to keep you running forever? Uh, I probably got about probably 10 more years in me out there and so are you planting post oaks to kind of replenish or i have we are planting trees but we have um we have neighbors that say when you're done with your wood come to my place and so we're surrounded by probably a thousand acres that we can actually cut on as well wow that's cool to be friends with your neighbors you give them barbecue and stuff um i give them up give them hay (laughs) <laughs> oh, so you do your own hay too? Yeah, yeah. We have a um, in Smithville. We have a, a seventy-acre hay field that we cut. So we we cut and bell. Uh, me and a cousin of mine, Bubba, we we cut and bell. We fertilize it. We you know we uh, we spray it with the weed kill every day. We do all the maintenance to it. So it's it's no maintenance. Um, we don't pay anybody. So it, it you know we save a lot of money doing that and. We actually make our own feed for our cows with the hay that we that we cut, um, and we have plenty of it. So, if the neighbors need some, I'll share with them. Wow! You know, and so you've just got the whole process on lock. Oh, we're trying. You know, I, I've always my dad always told me cut the middleman out. You know, go to the source and then then finalize it. He says there's no need to have anybody in the middle. You know, it's, it, he, what he always told me was the person in the middle is probably going to disappoint you. So that, that's why I'm here with my own cameras and my own microphones. <laughs> there Cut you the go. Man, <laughs> there go straight you. to the source. <laughs> so you're a popular source for barbecue in Austin. Do you have a lot of regulars or people still discovering this place? Yeah, we have a lot of regulars and mostly our regulars don't tell anybody else about it <laughs> because they say we, we don't want the long line. We want to be able to come and get our own barbecue when we want to get it. And and you all work pretty quick. I mean, I've been here a few times, and the line can get long, but you're not, you know, there's no Franklin or, you know, crazy wait here. Two minutes is is what I say. Once you get to the window, you're going to get your food and go and pay and get out of here two minutes. Is That's what, how I want it. And your daughter's doing a good job of that? She is, yeah. yeah. Especially, you know, because we do a lot of lunch around here um, from – from 11 to 1 is lunch, and it's, they're just, they only have 30-minute lunch, so they're trying to get in and get their food and go. So, you know, it's two minutes. And did she figure that out, or you kind of taught her the, the ropes of that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got It's a pretty nice system in there, the way it's set up, you know, because it's so small, so you have to use everything you got to. So one person cutting, one person register? Mm-hmm. The one person cutting, one person getting um, all the sides and everything else together, and then doing the register so and everyone seems to be pretty happy with that system oh yeah oh yeah yeah do you uh were you cash only at first or was that ever yeah we started cash only and then we went into one of the credit card machines or processing and they just screwed us so we got rid of them and now the middleman yeah (laughs) so now we're just doing square so it's pretty popular with a lot of places yeah It's, it's just easy you know User-friendly. Yeah, for sure. Well, so you, you grew up in Austin, so you've seen pretty much the whole city grow. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. many tall buildings were here when you were a kid? Um, I remember from 
Brody Lane, you could see the Capitol. Wow. Yeah. That's what, 10 miles? Um, Almost? Yeah, 10 miles, yeah. And so did you grow up near downtown or did you grow I up grew in this up neighborhood? Right here, 78704. So, so this is your old hood. This is it, yeah. Born and raised. And was there a lot, of, was there farms down here or was, was it all houses when you were growing up? Um, I think the closest one was at the corner of Brody and 290. So that's, I mean, that's again just a few miles away. Yeah. I think the Austin, you know, Austin City Limit stopped at um, maybe Stasny. I Which think is that closer was. closer than, than Brody and 290. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it was just on the other side of. Um, of Ben White was, yeah, that was the city limit. And what was it like back then? Just quiet, easy? Well, you didn't see this many cars for sure, and definitely not this many people, yeah. And what kind of barbecue was available back then? Um, the pit, and I think uh, right here across the street was um, Bill Miller. Gotcha. Yeah. The pit was where? Pit barbecue was at the corner of Congress and Old Torf. Okay. Yeah. And there's nothing there anymore. No, I think now it's um, like an Indian food type restaurant. Gotcha. And so was your dad cooking barbecue back then or? Yeah, I I mean, since I can remember, we have, so my dad's side of the family is from St. John Colony and every Juneteenth, they do a huge Juneteenth get together, kind of family reunion. And he does 150, 200 briskets. Wow. Yeah. What's he cooking all that on? Um, I guess it would be the brick style with the grate over the top, just the square. You ever seen those? Yeah, like at uh, Louis Miller where the top opens? Yeah, yeah, and it's, you put the fire at the end on the ground, kind of like Kreitz. Yeah. Or, or Smitty's, or Smitty's, something yeah. like that, yeah. Just like that. They have um, a smokehouse with two probably 15-foot pits in it and about three more outside. And they do, he does 150 briskets, or 150, 200 briskets, and about 400 chickens. That's at his home or what? No, that's on the the fairground, Uh, the the St. John Colony Fairground. It's over in Dale, Texas, or by Dale. Yeah. I was just in Dale, Texas, showing some land. So it's interesting because there's like barely anything in Dale. Yeah. And that sounds like a party. Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of people have to get you out there. And so do people, uh, what do people do with that? space during the year people throw uh, barbecues not then and stuff, it's or? just we have the old the the church is there and the old schoolhouse is there wow and so how did he get into he just loves juneteenth or he liked to cook no for the that's, celebration? That, it's just a family union and and it's on it's on the family property wow yeah. it was just it's on land that was granted to them after you know my family was freed so 150 to 200 briskets, that's a big family. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's huge. How far away do people come from? Um, San Antonio, Dallas, Houston. So it's all in Texas. It's all in Texas. Wow. You know, maybe uh, Shreveport, a few over there. Not many. Yeah. Spreading out a little bit. Yeah. So is it, do you interact with your family? Because most, you know, I, I got family in New York and Atlanta. I, I got barely any in Houston. So it, it's really interesting to... Think yeah. about having hundreds of family within oh, yeah. a few hours. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's huge. Uh, we do a lot of trail rides um, where we take out the horses and stuff, and, and we'll have, like, trail boss, and he'll just lead us on a two-mile ride or something. With, you know, and we'll have wagons for the kids to ride on, stuff like that. 
So it's like keeping the cowboy spirit alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and is that how you grew up doing all this stuff? Yeah. And your dad just was always throwing these barbecues on um, Juneteenth? Just and family. Just, it was just a family thing that's always been going on. And is that how your family, were they, were they ranchers when you were a kid too? Oh, yeah. They, yeah. So they were always working the land. Yeah. Cattle. Ranchers, hay. farmers. Yeah. And is that, you grew up doing all that stuff too? They put you yeah. to work as soon as you were big enough? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, we were stretching fence at, you know, 11, 12 years old. We was already pulling barbed wire. So. Wow. Uh, oh, that's so interesting. What, what do you remember as kind of like, was it, was it tough or were you always kind of ready to go? Oh, it was tough. You know, it was hot. You know, we, you know, we, we always lived off the land, so we didn't have a lot, you know, stuff like that. And so you were always eating your own cattle and your own farm yeah. vegetables, all yeah. that stuff? A lot of hog, a lot of wild hog. <laughs> yeah, wild hogs have been all over Texas. Oh, yeah. How, was it as crazy back then as it is now? What do you mean? By well, I mean, the hogs are, like, taking over. I oh, guess yeah, it's more yeah. North it, Austin. It, it's always been like that. It's just now, you know, you have more people that's buying land and, and doing a lot of farming and stuff on it. So the more, you know, the, the hogs have always been a problem. But then when you have people moving into the hogs' land and then saying, oh, I got a hog problem, well, the hogs always been there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you got the problem. Yeah, exactly. Were you, did you trap them? Did you shoot them? Uh, we trapped them or, and hunted with dogs. Really? Dogs and knives. Yeah. You just catch a hog with a knife? Uh, well, the dogs would hold it down, and you would go and stick it, yeah. Wow. There's some tough dogs. Oh, yeah. What kind of dogs were they? They were um, curs and pit bulls. That's a... I mean, I, I've heard some crazy stories about hogs, man. That, that's crazy. The dogs just oh, go yeah. right after them. Oh, yeah. They probably love it, huh? Oh, yeah. We stitched up a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're growing up. With your dogs tackling hogs, living on the land. When did uh, did you all move out of Austin when you were a kid? No, just um, I was in Austin for school. You know, I stayed here in the city with my mom for school. And then whenever weekends or when summertime, I was gone. I didn't come back to Austin until it was back time to go back to school. You're just on the land, waking up early, staying up late. You have a favorite memory from back then, just like. What was were the mornings nice or uh, just, like riding horses? Just with the cousins, just waking up and having all the family there, big breakfasts, you know, or you know, big breakfast and you know, swimming in the tank, fishing, you know, all kind of, you know, I mean, we just did it all. Where where did y'all go fishing? Uh, just in our own tanks. Nice. Yeah. So you had like you you um, farmed fish or no? Just that was already there. Okay. You know, or we you know climb the neighbor's fence. <laughs> Go get his fish. Well, I guess everyone had a lot more land back then, so it's hard to keep uh, track of it. No yeah. drones or anything like that. Oh, no, Game no, cameras. No, well, back then you could go on your neighbor's property and they wouldn't care. You know, we yeah. all, every, pretty much your neighbor was was your family. So, is that how it is now too? All the kind of neighboring lots are all family. Um, a lot of the family, um, once the older generations kind of dying out, the younger generations get the land and they're just selling it. They're just getting rid of it, trying to go after the money. Which is, I mean, hard to pass up, right? Yeah, but it's sad because then it gets tracked out. You know, you got 500 acres, and then they come and put it in 10-acre tracks and sell every piece, and then 
that's when you get the purple on top of your fence poles, you know, that, what does shoot, that mean? shoot to kill. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you start getting stuff like that, and then you get a bunch of people in a small area, and it just... That, that's like a warning, like, don't come on my land? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Purple fence post. Yeah, you paint your top of your fence post purple. Huh. I'm going to have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah. <laughs> See, all kinds of things I'm learning about Texas still. Uh, I mean, was there much of that? That's, that's a new idea? There wasn't much of that back when you were growing no, up? No, not when we were growing up. You just walk and, up, knock on someone's door. It was yeah, easy. you can just do whatever. And, and another thing was your neighbor would, would, you know, you'd get an ass whooping from your neighbor. I mean, and then you'd go home and get another one. And you might get another one on the way when you dropped your cousin off. You know? <laughs> For doing what? Just being a kid? Just, yeah, doing something you were supposed to be doing. You know. Out on the land or yeah, mess with it, people's animals or what? Yeah, breaking bottles or, you know, stuff like that. It, it, was, it didn't take much back then. Yeah. <laughs> no, any excuse, right? Yeah, anything. Well, so did you see, you know, now barbecue has become this insane thing where people all over the world are trying to cook brisket like they learn in Texas, like they see in Texas. Mm-hmm. Did you kind of see that happen? Is that really in the last decade, or have you seen barbecue kind of evolve as you've been growing up? Just here, I would say, you know, just here recently, in the last five years, it has just blown up crazy, yeah. But I've seen the meat prices just go outrageous. You know, you could go get a brisket for $13. You know, yeah. now it's $50, $50 for a good brisket. Are you about to supply your own briskets, too? Um, that's, my, that's my goal. Yeah. How close are you? Uh, I need a thousand more acres. If I, I need a lease. I'm looking for a lease right now for about a thousand more acres. And that'll, how many cattle is that going to be? Uh, I don't have the math done. I, I have it at the house on paper. <laughs> I know exactly what I, you know, it's all on paper, but yeah. It's a big it, plan. It's about 300 and um, I think like 368 head, I believe. And that would be, you'd be, you'd be slaughtering them like every week? Um, yeah, just whenever they come up to the right size nice and then maybe you have to buy a few briskets in between but mostly um, have your own yeah yeah probably does that feel good thinking about that oh yeah oh yeah just to you know just to have a meat market of all natural you know grass-fed beef is yeah texas grass-fed beef oh yeah it's the best yeah and, and you beef know, masters yeah and, and for somebody to just come in and just walk right into a meat market and see all this fresh beef, and then, you know, I want that steak. Can y'all cook it for me? Like, yeah. And, no, you know, and be able to cook everything in the meat market. Plus, you can go in the back and get briskets or whatever else we're cooking back there. So you're talking about the old school way where you're butchering everything, and if people want to cook, they get it cooked. Oh, yeah. If they don't, they can just take the meat to go. You're going to do some aging or any of that stuff? Oh, yeah, all that, yeah. What, what, what's the plan? I want to I wanna be there for the opening. How uh, soon is this happening? Well, I do have my lawyer on it, so... I can just leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) Slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that something that you remember as a kid or what inspired you? Are you just trying to? to Uh, You know, I just, it's just something about the smell when you walk in a meat market. You know? Just memories or what? Uh, Probably, yeah. That and, you know, maybe my dad, you know, he's always wanted to do something like that too. And so... That'd be fun for him, huh? Oh, yeah. Would, would he want to be butchering or just there kind of talking to people? I'm going to be cooking, you know. I'm going to be the cook. I'm, I'm not going to stop that. You know, I'm always going to be a pit master. So you'll have this place running in Austin and you'll be down at the meat market doing everything else? Um, 
Don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I mean, really, the plan is to give this this one to my kids. You know, get them properly trained and let them have it, and just walk away. Yeah. That's a that's a beautiful legacy to leave. Yeah. yeah. How do they feel about it? Oh, I'm sure they they'll love it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, is it fun to think? I mean, if you look at business, especially in restaurants, every generation you have less and less less and less likely that it's going to survive mm-hmm. yet you guys are going strong yeah is there a secret to that you just teach the love well i mean i think it's because you know we just we cook everything fresh every day you know everything is done every day and we pick the best meats and i mean we just put nothing but love in it you know and we enjoy what we're doing it's got to you have to enjoy it if you don't enjoy it then you know what do you enjoy? Just the satisfaction of knowing, like cutting um, the wood, just looking out, and just looking out the window and and watching someone take that first bite. And that right there is enough to drive you to to cook some more brisket. Just those happy faces. Yeah, and then you know they come back to the window and tell you how good the food was. And how many happy faces are you seeing every day? Um, a lot. I mean, we got nine five-star reviews on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So <laughs> nice. three days, nine, nine. so I'm, I'm okay with that. And so is lunch usually busier? Is it more on the weekends? Or uh, We have a lunch and about a 6 o'clock that is pretty wild. Saturdays are really good. Really? Mm-hmm. Saturdays is fun. Uh, what time do you all open on Saturdays? 11. Okay, so from 11 through dinner, you're 11 to cruising. about 7 is when we shut it down. Nice, and, and you're basically selling out every time. Yeah, yeah. Whatever we have left, we may chop it up and make some chop out of it. But, yeah, other than that, there's never any turkey, chicken, or anything left over. Really? Yeah, are you, you know, a lot of places are cutting out the poultry because of holding, because of all that, but you're selling it fast enough that you don't have to worry about that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't, I, I mean, with the chicken, it just doesn't taste, if it, if it sits too long, it's just not good, you know? Yeah. It's got to stay juicy. I don't like dry chicken. You know, so same are you thing throwing with the that on like right before service? or um, It goes on two hours. It takes me about two hours to do the chicken, so it goes on two hours before we open. So that's about the last thing. Throw those on and then run. And, yeah. yeah. Nice. And you're here for all that. I am. When do you sleep? Um, I take a nap during the day, and um, I sleep from about midnight till about 3. That's awesome. Yeah. And and that's not exhausting. Um, no, it's just it's weird. I, I get real sleepy sometimes, and then it when I go to lay down, it just goes away. <laughs> Was your dad like that, or <laughs> no? My dad would fall asleep in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> so he's probably enjoying the rest now with you taking over a lot oh, of the yeah, stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But I, we talk every day. We talk from five to eleven. I, you know, just on the phone, you know, he's always, hey, don't forget to take them ribs. I'm like, man, you're not even here. You don't even know what I'm doing right now. Why don't you, you know, take your old ass to sleep. <laughs> so do you have like three Bluetooth headsets to keep that conversation going? No, just one. Just, just one, one last yeah. the whole time? Yeah, it works pretty good. Yeah. And you're saying that you guys, sometimes you don't even talk. You're just kind of on the phone with each We're other. We're just on the phone, yeah. I did. Is that just from having that much time with them? When you were a kid too, just kind of transferred no, I over. I think it was just you know just he. I think he's more kind of scared that I'm out here and it's dark and and I'm out here by myself and you know he. So he just feels like him being on the phone with me. He's kind of here with me while I'm doing all this. 
Well, because South Lamar used to be kind of a seedy spot, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's still crazy. Yeah. <laughs> How so? Oh, uh, man, you catch some crazy people walking up and down the road here. You know, some guys yelling and, you know, doing some, you know, beating up themselves. And <laughs> there's a guy, there's a blonde guy I see all the time. I always call him the mayor of Lamar. He's oh, yeah. always walking down the street. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. He yeah, he hasn't around. been around. Yeah, he hasn't been around. There's another one that runs around cussing at every car, you know. And then there's a few that when I see coming, I, I'll step inside the trailer and just lock the door and wait till he passes by. <laughs> yeah. Well, but then at the same time, you're seeing people pushing strollers and running and all that stuff, too, oh, out yeah. here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see all that, too. It's, a, it's Austin, the boiling pot. Well, the amount of people living on this kind of mile stretch right here has probably exponentially grown since you were a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lamar was nothing like it was. It was a ghost town. I remember HEB was didn't even open up on Sunday. You know, wow. Safeway used to be right down the street at Old Torf and Lamar. And I think it closed at 10 o'clock at night. Um the only store that was open on a Sunday was the 7-Eleven at the corner of Old Torf and South First, South Fifth, South Fifth and Old Torf was the only store, the 7-Eleven that was that open. Where that little gas station is now? Yeah, that used to be 7-Eleven, and that was the only store open on a Sunday. Wow. Grocery stores didn't open. So. Yeah, you hear about that stuff in small town Texas still, but yeah. now Austin's got all kinds of 24-hour and all that going oh, on. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So what did, you know, when you were growing up around here, what did... When you were a kid, you go to bed earlier? Were you all out late running around? Uh, pretty much in bed. I mean, my mom was pretty strict. When that light started flipping on the, you know, the porch light, it was time to go. So you had to hurry up and get in the house. Do y'all, do y'all get into anything though? Like on the weekends? No, nah, I was more, I was I was in the sports. Played a lot of basketball, a lot of football. At the school or? Yeah, I, I played. Um, I played basketball. You know, I played all the little leagues and and. You know, football little leagues, and then, and then went up to high school, played ball for high school. Wow! And so, were you also playing like in the parks around here? Oh yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. We played every day. Really? Yeah. Are all those parks still here, or most of those gone too? Uh, The parks that we used to play at was Gillis, which is at the corner of uh, yeah, you know where Gillis Park is. Yeah, yeah. We played there. Yeah, we we balled there every day. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, some people don't even know that park's there because it's kind of hidden behind a bunch yeah, of yeah. plazas and gas stations now. Yeah, we swim there every summer. Really? Yeah, went to Stacy's, swam over there. That's over in Travis Heights. Yeah, Big Stacy and Little yeah, Stacy. Yeah. Yeah, those are actually spring-fed, right? They are. Was And Barton Springs was around most of the time you were growing up, right? Yeah, Barton Springs all the time. We, we pretty much lived there. That was when my aunts, when they, every day came into Austin, you know, um, they well, they all lived off of Brody, but when you came into Austin, that was coming over here. Brody was still country. Yeah, it was out is there. Is how they kind of considered it, and they'd come over to my mom's, and we'd all go to Barn Springs. Was it free back then? Or? It was. Yeah, you could just go in, jump in, swim, yeah, walk in, swim. Whatever. Was there like the concrete all around it, or? Yeah. Nice. So it was already kind of a pool, but you didn't have to pay anything. There wasn't any gates or fences or anything. No. When do do you remember when that stuff went um, up? Th- that was in the 80s when we were doing that. I think in the 90s it started getting, you know, they started charging a little bit. I think it was like a quarter or something. <laughs> now it's five bucks <laughs> and ten if you're uh, you're not a resident. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. 
I mean, what do you think about watching kind of Austin grow? I know you, you're fine because you got your land out there. But is it, is it interesting to see? Is it disappointing or uh, is it fun to watch the city grow? I don't know. Here's my issue is, is if you're going to move here, you moved here because you love this place, leave it alone. You know, don't go joining the city council and trying to change shit. You know, I, I, that's the worst is, you know, when we got all these people that are not from Austin on the city council and all this, and then they're changing our place to be like the place that they left. And it's like you left your place because you hate it. You come over here because you love it. And then now you're changing this to what you were at. And it's just killing me. Yeah, are you seeing that a lot a in lot, South yeah, Austin? Or? Yeah, yeah, that's the same thing with the smoke ordinance. Where, where did that come from? You know, that wasn't nobody from Austin, I'm sure. That for specifically for barbecue places? Yeah, just for, you know, just having smoke in the air, you know, with this 125 feet rule or whatever it is or, you know. So it sounds like we need some more barbecue advocates in city council. We need more people from Austin to step up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, a lot of people that grew up here have a lot of them left or are they still A lot of them have gotten pushed out because of the taxes. For sure. Yeah. But, I mean, are they still in the outskirts, or they have they They're gone? in the outskirts, you know, moving out, like, um, Maynard, um, Del Valley, um, you know, a lot of them moving toward Lockhart, you know. Yeah, it's cheap out there yeah. compared to Austin. Yeah. I have a lot of friends and clients that are doing the same thing, mm-hmm. Tripping, Lockhart, Dale. Yeah. Uh, do you still get to see people, or you, you kind of know where everyone goes? You stay in touch? Yeah, we still all get together. Mostly family? Yeah. That's so cool that your family is so close-knit. Mm. Is that you, no one's really actively doing that? You all just stay in touch? Yeah, we stay in touch, yeah. How many of them come get barbecue? All the time. It, it sucks because it's always free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hard to charge them? Yeah, you're always giving out, and then they don't tip either. Oh, it's rough. <laughs> you got to get your daughter to, uh, to guilt them up. What's that? Get, get your daughter to guilt him. Say she needs a college fund. Yeah, yeah. We we got the little sign that says new tip jar. <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, well, so you got, I mean, you got family all over the city. You're running, you know, one of the best barbecue places, one of the oldest barbecue places. Uh, you got some plans for the future besides a meat market. You said you're going to build another trailer out here. Well, I'm just hoping to hit the lottery so I can <laughs> just retire. <laughs> Sounds like you're hitting the lottery every day, man. You got you got everything on lock. Everyone else is paying for meat, paying for wood. No, I, I mean, uh, I think that, um, you know, if, if I could actually, you know, find something here that was decent and I can do a meat market in town, I would hate to leave Austin. I don't want to go. I mean, what I want to do, it would be hard to do here in Austin with the live music and, you know, have the bar and, and, and you know, just having just everything, just the old school Austin feel in austin that's almost impossible because of the price of everything so so you'd want music you'd want a bar you'd want oh, yeah. steaks you'd want the, the whole oh, yeah. thing oh yeah oh yeah that's come so in with, with you know you come in dressed up come in with no shirt on i don't care you know <laughs> just come in enjoy yourself you know so do you think i mean I, I still think that austin has kind of that vibe like i've you know when i was in new york a bunch of times i've got kind of ignored or kind of told I, I can't eat at places because the way I'm dressed and mm-hmm. Austin still has kind of that vibe where except for a few places you can kind of go in in a t-shirt yeah. or however yeah so we're holding on to that at least oh yeah oh yeah and barbecue of course will never have a dress code mm-hmm. 
I've been down at some barbecue places by Barton Springs, and everyone's in there in bikinis and bathing suits. And oh yeah, so yeah. we're holding on to that much at least. Yeah. You have a, you know, I ask a lot of the people on the show if you, you know, when when you talk to people who are aspiring, people who have just discovered Texas barbecue, you know, what's your message to them who are old school like you or new enthusiasts that just kind of want to capture that delicious smoke, just bought an offset. Uh, and, and want to really cook Texas barbecue? Um, for a business or just the, for the personal? Some of them are cooking in their backyard. Some of them are sitting in a pit room right now cooking, you know, 100 briskets. Uh, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How do you keep the, the, the dream alive? Just hard work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, do you think that, do you think Texas barbecue is like, is it crazy to you that there's people in, Italy and Copenhagen and Dubai trying to cook Texas barbecue? I mean, as good as it is, I mean, you, you have to, you know, you want to put it out there. You know, everybody wants to have some. Uh, I just don't know about, you know, in Dubai or, or wherever, where you're going to get your wood at. And, you know, it, it'll never be right. So just leave it alone. You know, if you want Texas barbecue, come to Texas. Because there's, I mean, there's a bunch of places on the West Coast now. They're, they're using a, a similar white oak, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily post. Uh, there's some places in the Northeast. You know, there's all these barbecue competitions. But, you know, barbecue competition barbecue is more, you know, injected and over-flavored and all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, is it interesting? Do you, keep, do, you, do you see, you know, you're on social media a little bit. Do you see the, the Texas barbecue kind of popping up all over the world? I do. I do, yeah. A lot of people are, are you know... They're just taking it from Texas and just putting it in places just to, you know, but I don't think they're doing it because they love it. I think they're doing it for the money. <laughs> well, there's a lot of money in barbecue now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once you get done with all the costs and everything, not really. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I know there's some people for sure on the West Coast doing it because they love it. And I'm going to make sure to bring them by so you can see the passion in their eyes when they come eat your barbecue, okay. too. Yeah, that sounds good. We've got a big network and I know you're uh, you're a busy man, so. Yeah, over the next uh, few months, when people come to Austin, I'm going to make sure to bring a few by. You can meet some West Coast people, and okay. there's a there's some guys who there's a guy who worked at Franklin who's opening a place in New York. There's a there's a lot going on in barbecue, so okay, I'll, I'll try to make it my job to to keep you updated. All right, well you know me, I, st- I stay in my little bubble here, so I, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't get out a lot. So, but yeah. I appreciate that, man, because yeah. you know I I try not to go into interviews or talk to people and act like I know everything, you know? Yeah. I like being kind of out of the loop because it makes the conversations better. Yeah. It, it it's it's easier to understand and the people listening understand better because I don't I don't know half as much as the person I'm sitting across from. Yeah. And you got enough knowledge, you could probably make 10 episodes. Yeah. Maybe maybe go track down your dad one day. Man, you'd be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> better better bring extra batteries. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Pops is uh He's a mess, yeah. But he's uh, he's the guy you learned from. Uh, yeah, and he is very set in his ways. I mean, he is he's original, yeah. So you you talked to him today from five to eleven? Um, yeah, yeah. He he goes into dialysis in the morning, so um, I just hang out with him on the phone while he's doing his dialysis. Makes it easier, makes it quicker for him. And um, yeah, he actually came up today and and uh, picked up some food to take back to them 
as like I guess um, like a nurse appreciation type deal. Nice. And uh, yeah, We're keeping so, them alive. That's yeah, helpful. We just fed them all up there, so they were pretty happy about that. I haven't heard yet, but I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he feels good about uh, oh yeah bringing oh, yeah. a big platter with oh, him. Oh, he loves it. You know, that's all he talks about. That's one thing I can say that he loves. He loves me a lot because he's always you know telling me, oh you gotta go to my son, and you know you know my mom's always like oh your daddy just kills me. I think he loves you more than he loved me, and I was like, of course he does. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate, you know, giving us a, a, a glimpse into the old school barbecue. Okay. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe we can track down some other old school guys, maybe do a little old school Austin barbecue roundtable. You can okay. tell us uh, what everything used to be. Okay. Well, I, I'm not going to be able to sit at that table. <laughs> I, I'm old school, not that old school. Hey, I got man. the old school way, ways, but, you know. Well, I'm, uh, next uh, on my list is to go over to Sam's and get their story, so. Okay. We can start there. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Brian could probably tell you a lot. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All righty. Thank you. Hey, they come in and meet, man. Y'all to see me eat, man. Hey, they come in meet, man. Y'all to see me eat, man. I got jaws like a bear trap, a teeth like a razor. I made tack tongue with a sensitive taster. I was born out in Texas called the land of beef. Never catch a muscle green or showing the hell that like a meat. I'm the meat man. Y'all to see me eat, man. Woo! 